0: Two Geeks, Two Beers, Episode Eighty Seven Big Trouble in Little China.
1: pretty good. I and mean, I'm not uh, I'm not scared at all. I just feel kind of feel kind of invincible. <laughs> me too. I got a very positive attitude about this. Good. Me too. Yeah. It's getting hot in here. Or is it just me? Uh...
2: Well, this is two geeks, two beers, and we're talking whoever's listening out there. We're a couple of reasonable guys who've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Hello, I'm Morgan. <laughs> I'm Morgan. And with me, the little china to my big trouble, it's Tom. Hello, the old china. Yeah. It's episode 87 and we're following in the footsteps, or should that be, the Pork Chop Express tyre tracks of Jack Burton. Heading back to that mysterious underworld with our own magic potions in hand. Cheers. Uh, Our topic is, of course, John Carpenter's fantasy martial arts masterpiece, Big Trouble in Little China, released to cinemas on the 2nd of July 1986. China was in Egg's Heart, this movie is in mine. But Tom, how do you feel about BTILC?
0: Is that what it's called by fans? <laughs> no, I think fans. I just made
2: that. Let's say, let's say it is. Let's make it a thing. Yeah,
0: I have to say I have seen Big Trouble in China, but I haven't seen it since probably like 1993, because um, and I probably must have seen that far too young. Um, but uh, from what I remember of it, I really liked it, and probably should have done some effort in researching and watching it in advance of this episode, but. Um, I remember liking it. The only bit I remember, though, is a fella at the end blowing up because he got really angry or something, and his whole face blew up. And Kurt Russell going, "Whoa!" and that was it. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to you uh, teaching me about it because I'm hoping that as you do so, I remember it as we go.
2: That's why you don't do the research, not because you're lazy, but because we want you, you want your reactions to be to, to feel natural. Yeah, yeah. it's all about, it's about authenticity, not acting. <laughs> Well, it is quite a difficult movie to sum up, both in terms of its plot and its appeal. Um, And that's before I've had a drink. Um, But it's difficult to describe this film and not have it sound like some naff B movie because as fantastic as it is, it does feel like a film that could have been a disaster uh, if they hadn't got every ingredient right. So the casting, the humour, the effects. And as we'll learn, it very nearly ran into big trouble uh, multiple times on its journey from script to screen. So the film tells the story of Jack Burton who helps his friend Wang Chi rescue Wang's fiance from bandits in San Francisco's Chinatown. They enter a mysterious underworld beneath Chinatown where they face an ancient sorcerer named Lo Pan. Here's the trailer. I, I always like
0: the bits going into a, a clip because you always say, Lo Pan. <laughs> <laughs> like a DJ.
3: Is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery.
1: What's going on here? Is this
3: some kind of magic? The darkest magic. Ow. They call it Little China. Finally we shall bring the order out of chaos.
1: <laughs> it's where Big Trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Oh, Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. You make, make one move. Jack! Ah! And that's just where he's going. Ah! Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. Ah! My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Ah! Oh, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China.
2: It's all on the reflexes. So Big Trouble in Little China is credited as being written by Gary Goldman, who'd go on to co-write Total Recall and Navy Seals, uh, (laughs) both of of which uh, came out in 1990. And David Z, or Z, David Z Weinstein, uh, in his only writing credit. But the truth Mm. is rather more complicated. Uh, So, Goldman and Weinstein's original script was a Western Uh, set in the 1880s that also included Chinese fantasy elements with Jack Burton portrayed as a John Wayne-esque cowboy who rides into town right down to his horse being stolen rather than his truck as in the finished movie. Uh, 20th Century Fox acquired the script but asked for a major rewrite including updating the story to a contemporary setting Goldman refused and he and Weinstein were removed from the project with W.D. Richter Uh, being brought on board to perform the drastic rewrites Uh, Richter, I I have no idea if I'm saying that right Um, he he also wrote the screenplay for the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, and directed 1984's The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension uh, starring, hell of a title starring Robocop's Peter Weller as Dr. Buckaroo Banzai a physicist, neurosurgeon, test pilot and rock star uh, tasked Ah. with saving the world by defeating a band of interdimensional aliens
0: well, we've got to watch that. <laughs> that's. I
2: mean, think that's, that's that's tonight's viewing and potential future episode fodder. I just looked uh, up. Have
0: you seen who's in the cast of that film? No, go on. So not only Peter Weller, uh, Ellen Barkin, and then John Lithgow, Jeff Goldblum, and Christopher Lloyd. Wow. I mean, sold. Yes, please. <laughs> Buckaroo, President's on line one, calling about is everything okay with the alien space cloud from Planet
1: 10,
3: or should he just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell
2: him yes on one and no on two. So Richter's uh, rewrite of Big Trouble in Little China removed almost everything from the original script other than a few elements, including the Jack Burton character and the backstory of the villainous Lo Pan. Uh, Richter later said, what it needed wasn't a rewrite, but a complete overhaul. It was a dreadful screenplay. (laughs) Uh, While John Carpenter also called it outrageously unreadable. (laughs) Uh, 20th Century Fox even argued that Goldman and Weinstein's names should be taken off the movie, though the Writers Guild of America West eventually ruled that they should be given writing credit, with Richter instead getting an unusual adaptation by Mm. credit So, with the script completed, 20th Century Fox hired John Carpenter to direct the movie and ordered the film rushed into production with just ten weeks of pre-production four months to film and four months of post-production uh, so that it would be released before a similarly-themed film, The Golden Child, starring Eddie Murphy. You ever heard of this?
0: No, I have to admit to have not. <laughs>
2: so, so, to beat this rival production into theatres, Big Trouble in Little China went into production in October 1985 so that it could open in July 1986, five months before The Golden Child's release in December, a dark comedy fantasy film, The Golden Child starred Murphy as Chandler Jarrell a social worker who is informed that he is the chosen one and is destined to save the Golden Child, the saviour of all humankind so I'll do it again um, it's, destined to save, it's destined to save the Golden Child, the saviour of all mankind <laughs> just just for you, that little trailer you thank you Eddie Murphy is back
3: but this time He's looking for a missing child, a golden child. This child is special, Mr. Gerell. His destiny is to save the world.
1: And it's your destiny to seek some serious psychiatric help. came to ask you boys a couple of questions.
3: By the time he finds you, it will be too
2: late. (coughs) Hey, hey, hey. In my pocket, it's a whole thing of Tic Tacs. Take as many as you like, please. I could destroy you just like that just like that
3: you're wonderful you are the chosen one you will find a child i do my best (laughs) i'm so afraid of the dark too (laughs) i really don't like your attitude you know this is a nice jacket it's a morris day feel and it looks good
1: on you and the boots Smoking. He's got a firm grip on reality. Where he's going, he'll need it. How'd
2: you do that? What was that? With the flip.
1: You must carry this glass of water without spilling a drop. Who are you, Monty Hall now? This is a piece
3: of cake! Eddie Murphy is the chosen one.
1: Well, how many people have survived this test?
2: None. None! The golden child. None! But the Golden Child there, uh, featuring in its cast both Victor Wong and James Hong, uh, both of whom, as we'll see, uh, appeared in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, the Golden Child, though, was, for the most part, slammed by the critics. Newsweek said, Murphy seems to be present mainly to mock the film's pretensions and shoddy plotting, as if the producers deliberately had chosen a piece of third-rate pulp, pulped millions of dollars into it, and then brought in Murphy to make them look stupid. Uh but it was a box office success Earning 79 million dollars in the US alone And becoming the 8th biggest film of the year In 1989 Eddie Murphy said My pictures make their money back No matter how I feel for instance about The Golden Child Which was a piece of shit The movie, <laughs> made, the movie made more than 100 million dollars So who am I to say it sucks Fair enough But, but yeah, back to Big Trouble in Little China so in the reinvented script, lead character Jack Burton was now a cocky, wise-cracking All-American truck driver who gets involved in an ancient battle between good and evil when he makes a delivery to Chinatown, San Francisco.
1: This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Like I told my last wife, I says, "Honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's on the reflexes) Just listen to the old Pork Chop Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. I'm not saying that I've been everywhere and I've done everything. But I do know it's a pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this
2: universe. Jack Burton there, the original podcaster. Uh, (laughs) Sidebar, the Chinese characters that appear in that opening sequence alongside the film's English title, Big Trouble in Little China, actually translate to... Evil spirits make a big scene in Little Spiritual State. Uh, so considered for the role of Jack Burton. Do you want Because normally, normally on these, Kurt Russell is one of the names that gets thrown up as someone who didn't get the role. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean Tom
0: Cruise. It's probably too early for Tom Cruise, isn't it? Um, Bruce. No, too early for Bruce Willis as well. Um, well, Arnie, hey. obviously, and all those sort of people. Uh, Stallone, uh, fucking Richard Gere. Okay. I would love I would love to see Richard Gere as Jack Burton. <laughs> uh, uh come on, think of some good ones.
2: Uh, do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna put you out of your misery because Okay. Is it not it, guessable then? It's pretty it's pretty rogue choices. So apparently uh Clint Eastwood was oh. was, 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 was considered. Yeah. <sighs> Have you paid your dues, Jack? <sighs> <sighs> the check is in the mail. Um <laughs> Jack Nicholson was, was considered. Okay,
0: yeah, I could. Car- see
2: that, yeah. Mm, I can't really imagine him pulling off the the vest top quite as well as as Kurt Russell. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Bridges, as well, was also apparently considered. But the part eventually went, of course, to Kurt Russell, who made it his own. And I would say a big part of why this film works is the charismatic, funny performance uh, from Russell. This would be John Carpenter's fourth of five collaborations with Kurt Russell. Uh, Can you name them all, Tom? I wasn't planning on quizzing you, but fuck it. Let's have a quiz.
0: Well, there's the thing. Yep. Um Escape from New York. Yeah. And the
2: other one? <laughs> escape from LA. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Uh so one more. One more. Uh, and this is oh. it's relatively, relatively niche. Uh, it's not overboard, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> John Carpenter's overboard. John Carpenter's birds on a wire. No. Um No, I'm out. So uh their their first collaboration in fact was on the 1979 TV movie Elvis in which Russell ah. played the King of Rock and Roll. It's actually pretty good. Um their second was on Escape from New York in 1981. Their third was on The Thing in 1982. Uh fourth was Big Trouble in Little China 86 and they would work together for the final time to date on 1996's Escape from LA. Uh Russell almost turned Big Trouble in Little China down. Uh following his two collaborations with carpenter on escape from new york and the thing and voicing copper in the fox and the hound uh, <laughs> he had he had made a string of movies that had flopped at the box office including uh, 1984's swing shift on which he mm. did at least uh, get together with his co-star goldie horn oh, uh, so it was did.
0: not it was not a unsuccessful venture then it was very much, <laughs> it, if anything the most successful
2: yeah, no, if anything, yeah, his most successful venture because, of course, they remained together 38 years later. Uh, there was also 1985's The Mean Season that bombed at the box office and 1986's The Best of Times opposite Robbie Williams. Uh, so he was. I thought, was li- said,
0: I thought I said Robbie Williams then. I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it would, have been, it would have been a fetus, I think, at the time. <laughs> uh but yeah, again, I find that, I find there's a lot of these sort of films that you look back on and, and never have heard of them. Like, a film with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, and I've never heard of it. And it's just mm-hmm. weird that there's just, the, like, what was that one that Tom Hanks did with Bruce Willis, and it was shit? Was it The Bonfire of the Vanities or something? And it was just, it just sort of happened, and no one cared. And it was like, oh,
2: God. I, I think I people have, get away with it now. I think people have heard, does The Bonfire of the Vanities star Tom Hanks and Bruce Willis? Hang on, I, am, I getting, <laughs> am I getting it I'm totally mixed up with something else?
0: Hang on. I'm looking at... Yeah, yeah, Bonfire of the Vanities, 1990, with uh, Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffith, Kim Cattrall as, as well, and Tom Hanks. Yeah. Well, there you go,
2: but... <laughs> Kim, Kim Cattrall, so that wasn't a totally wild sidebar that you just took us down. <laughs> um, all right, fair enough. I had heard of Bonfire of the Vanities, but I had no idea it starred uh, Tom Hanks <laughs> and, and Bruce Willis. Um, anyway... anyway. Um, Kurt Russell eventually he got over his nerves about starring in another box office bomb. He was like, this one will definitely be a hit. Uh, and, he, and he eventually signed on. He said what won him over was Jack Burton's flaws. Uh, he thinks he's Indiana Jones, but he falls on his ass as much as he comes through. Now, allegedly, allegedly, Kurt Russell turned down the lead role of Connor McLeod, of the clan McLeod, uh, in, <laughs> in in 1986's Highlander, to appear in this movie. Now, this, this fact in inverted commas appears only on uh, the IMDb trivia page for Big Trouble in Little mm. China. So I'm going to start calling facts like this I am debatable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's that's mine. That's uh, that's mine. I copyright that. No uh,
0: citation, it's just just there, you know. It can't say anything
2: else. It is it is it's remarkable as well how these IMDb trivia facts that someone's just presumably made up whenever you see on uh, entertainment journalism websites and i i'm aware sort of you know uh, glass houses and all that but uh people just take them as, as fact and go yeah. oh yeah uh, um yeah die hard was definitely started off life as commando too just a to lie just to- <laughs> totally made up i think we even to be fair i think we even repeated that on our die hard episode <laughs> and because uh, we, we did problem. do our re- and yeah, no, we are part of the problem, and uh, and, and and the the writer of Die Hard <laughs> t- took us to task, and he was like, "Look, great episode, but that's just a lie." Um, so now I am I am extra cautious about these I am debatable facts. Uh, so John Carpenter envisioned Big Trouble in Little China as an inverse of traditional American action films, where a Caucasian protagonist teams with a minority sidekick. So in the film, Jack Burton, despite his bravado, is actually a bit hopeless. Uh, In one fight sequence, he even knocks himself unconscious before the fight begins. His friend, (laughs) Wang Chi, on the other hand, is portrayed as highly skilled and competent. Uh, On the commentary track for the DVD release, Carpenter said the film is really about a sidekick, Jack Burton, who thinks he's the hero. 20th Century Fox, though, the damn studio, they apparently didn't get it. Um, They didn't get what Carpenter was trying to do there. um, And they wanted Jack portrayed as more heroic. So they made John Carpenter insert a prologue at the beginning of the film featuring the character of Egg Shen, its sole purpose really just being to big up the character of Jack.
3: you really believe in magic? I mean Chinese black magic? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Are you still serious about this? And uh, monsters and ghosts as well, I suppose. Oh, sure. And sorcery. And I suppose that uh, you expect me to believe in sorcery. Of course. Why? Because it's real. How can I know that, Mr. Shen? How? Yes, how? Help me out here. Please. How? See? That was nothing.
2: But that's how it always begins. Very small. That's how it always begins. Very small. So hope for this podcast yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
0: if, if if begins means like six years, yeah.
2: Uh, so I have to say, despite that being a studio mandated edition, great atmospheric opening uh, for the mm. film. Uh, so also starring in Big Trouble in Little China in one of her earliest film roles. Bonfire of the Vanities star Kim Cattrall, <laughs> um, uh, although that was a few years later, she was cast as Gracie Law, a lawyer. I've only just realised her name is Law and she's a lawyer. Um, Gracie Law, a lawyer who is Jack's love interest. John Carpenter resisted studio pressure to cast a rock star as Gracie. I'm not sure why they were banging that particular drum, uh, but he pushed for Cattrall to be cast instead. But you know, maybe Chrissy Hind would have had great chemistry with Kurt <laughs> Russell too. Who's who's <laughs> to say? Uh, Maybe Lulu would have been brilliant (laughs) You know what I think they should have given her a shot (laughs) Um, So Dennis Dunn He played uh, Wang Chi Jack's best friend whose fiance is kidnapped by Lo Pan Dunn had made his film debut just the year before In 1985 Mickey Rourke movie Year of the Dragon Where he'd caught John Carpenter's eye And the pair would reunite That's uh, John Carpenter and, and Dunn not not Mickey Rourke. And done. Uh they they would they would reunite on Carpenter's next film, Prince of Darkness, in nineteen eighty seven. Now, another IMD debatable fact. Um <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, uh Jackie Chan was considered to play Wang Chi. Which wow. that just that just sounds like a bullshit yeah, fact. Though. I don't know. I feel like they've just
0: gone, Ah, well fuck it, no one's gonna look up on it. You know, it sounds good. Just put it there.
2: Uh, But apparently Jackie Chan declined Uh, Wikipedia claims he decided to focus on his career in Hong Kong And make Police Story instead But that film actually came out a year earlier than Big Trouble in Little China So I would say take that one with a hefty, hefty pinch of salt (laughs) Um, In the end, uh, relative newcomer Dunn was cast Only a few days before principal photography began Nothing a double. This knife cuts this ball in half
3: Nothing to double. Bullshit. Nothing to double, Jack.
1: Why, man? Don't be stupid. I need the money. I got near a thousand bucks here, Wang. One thousand and one hundred
3: forty-eight, Jack.
1: Okay. But not that bottle. (laughs) This bottle. Okay. You're out of your mind, Wang. God bless you! (laughs) It's all in the reflexes. It always works at home. Yeah, well, have me over for dinner some year and prove it. In the meantime, pay up. 1,148 bucks times two. Yeah, I
2: don't have that kind of money, Jack.
1: Uh, I didn't hear that, Wang. Hey, I'm just a poor Chinese boy, you know? Yeah,
2: you want a restaurant? That's a hell of a lot more than me. So prior to filming Big Trouble in Little China in 1986, uh, Don had never had any formal martial arts training, but apparently the martial arts sequences weren't hard for him, because he dabbled in training as a kid. I mean, who who hasn't dabbled in the martial arts and then can be an expert martial artist with just a, a quick refresher course? It's like those kids um, at school.
0: There's always a couple, was not there? That, that, they're just good at everything. they just like, whether it was sport or <laughs> acting or singing or, or whatever, they're yeah. just good at everything.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dunn almost turned the film down uh, because he'd been offered a part in a TV movie that was filming at the same time. His agent advised him to take the TV movie, but Dunn went for Big Trouble in Little China because he saw Richter's name on the script and he was a huge Buckaroo Banzai fan. <laughs> 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 Which, with that it cast isn't. and that premise, who yeah. exactly who can who can blame him? Yeah. Uh, the film's villain, David Lo Pan, was played by James Hong. Uh, Lo Pan is an ancient Chinese sorcerer Who was condemned by a curse to wander the earth As an incorporeal ghost Though temporarily granted A decrepit body by supplication To the gods, that's not a word you hear a lot (laughs) Supplication Uh, In order for him to permanently break the curse And regain his human form He must marry a woman with green eyes And then sacrifice her It's a very Uh, specific request Well you know Those Chinese elder gods They want what they want yeah, right. It's a little yeah. niche. It's a, it's a little niche, but they want what they want. Yeah. Uh, that's why he kidnaps Wang's fiance uh, Mao Yin and also Gracie, both of whom, in an uncanny coincidence, Half uh, green have green eyes. Have green eyes. Yeah. Um, though neither Kim Cattrall or Mao Yin actress Susie Pi did, uh, forcing them to wear uncomfortable contact lenses. <laughs> Cattrall apparently had to insert her contacts fifteen minutes before going on camera because yeah. that's how long it took her eyes to stop watering. I love
0: James Hong though he was in um one particular favorite role of his is Wayne's world too when he played yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the 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 father in law he was just hilarious in that
2: yeah well. It is, in this film, it's brilliant. Um, at times, I would say, you know, at times funny, at times genuinely unsettling performance from James Hong, uh, who was one of the best known East Asian faces in Hollywood throughout the 1970s and 1980s. So, as you say, he, he appeared in um, one of the Wayne's World movies. He appeared in Chinatown in 1974, Airplane in 1980, mm-hmm. uh, Blade Runner of in 1982. Blade Runner, yeah Yeah, it's a great run, Uh, and that's just to name just a few of his roles, and I do mean just a few, because in all, he has played over 600 television and film roles, incredibly, incredibly prolific. Um, In fact, the actor Daniel Day Kim uh, has started a crowdfunding project in an attempt to get Hong a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Ah. Uh, saying James Hong might just be the most prolific actor in Hollywood history as of july 2020 he has a total of 672 <laughs> credits uh, which include 469 tv shows 149 feature films 32 short films and 22 video games this man epit- epitomizes that is a hard word to say after a few <laughs>
0: years
2: this man epitomizes the term working actor and that's not even taking into account all he's done to help further representation for actors of color
0: and he's still going uh, he's still going just looking up on his, his filmography there's just loads still in the pipeline
2: I mean, Day Kim had to say like to to date because yeah. like he's he's still pumping them out. Yeah. Um so this campaign to get him to get Hong a star, uh it raised the desired total of fifty-five thousand uh, dollars, which is the cost of creating and installing a star. It raised its desired total in just four days. And uh Kim will submit a nomination application uh, for Hong in April twenty twenty one, uh which is the next time applications are open. So by the time this episode comes out yeah, he'll have presumably have submitted that, and we'll we'll see if. He, well, if it gets uh, rejected,
0: that's cool. that's stupid. Because it's yeah. a
2: joke. Yeah. It's a joke. Let's let's kick back and enjoy a little bit of Hong as David Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. Let's. My
3: problem is this place. This place is my tomb. I'm buried here. A young man, a king, a warrior, is entombed in this old man's crippled body. And all I need is a woman, Mr. Burton. A special kind of woman with dragon green eyes to make me whole again, young again, that I may rule the universe from beyond this grave. Ching Dai, the god of the East. Who, him? This guy? No, not me, Mr. Burton. My demon, the god I must appease in order to regain my heart, my blood. A girl with green eyes. Satisfied die a girl brave enough to embrace the naked blade, and when I find her, I will marry her. Never! she King I will be happy and my curse will be lifted.
1: You can go off and rule the universe from beyond the grave. Indeed! Or check into a psycho war, whichever comes first, huh? Jack, will you... Jack, what? I'm supposed to buy this shit? Two thousand years and he can't find one broad to fit the bill? Come on, Dave, you must be doing something seriously wrong. There happened, I'd to be sure.
3: There are always others, are there not? You seem to be one who know the difficulties between men and women. How seldom it works out! Yet we all keep trying like fools. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. I, I, I like the idea that there's a. It could have been a, uh, a like a spin-off series where it was just uh, Low Pan going on loads of dates. <laughs> With women, just trying <laughs> trying to woo them, and trying really hard, and then just yeah, she just weren't interested, so they had to yeah, had to get getting, involved
2: Yeah, getting getting dating tips from from Jack Burton. I I've noticed as well watching these these clips back. You know how sometimes, and with with great performances, but there's like a singular tone to them. Yeah. And 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 look, for example, the, t- the the singular tone to Bruce Willis's performance in Die Hard is, what are you doing, John? Ah oh, ah oh, ah oh, ah. Oh, oh, what are you doing, John? <laughs> oh, John. And that's basically yeah. that's basically the tone, and the, the tone of Kurt Ross's performance <laughs> yeah. in in Big Shot China is <laughs> like, oh, I don't man. know. Ah. I don't I don't know what's going on, and I don't give a shit. Why like, am I even here? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So so Victor Wong, um, another great actor, he played Egg Shen, uh, a sorcerer and old enemy of Lo Pan, who also drives a tour bus. Eggshen's Shen's bus, in case you were wondering, was returned to Yellowstone National Park, where it was borrowed from after filming Wrapped. <laughs> and uh, it still gives tours, apparently, of the old faithful geezer, or geyser, if you're uh, if you're a US listener. Uh, so Wong had, again, much like Dennis Dunn, he had made his film debut just a few years before, uh, but went on to appear in The Last Emperor in 1987. He played storekeeper Walter yeah. Chang in Tremors, Tremors. Uh, who meets an unpleasant end Uh, and he played Mori Tanaka in all four Three Ninjas movies which is a franchise that I have not thought about for years Three Ninjas I've never heard of it what is it? what? oh my god it was like it was like this I hesitate to say 90s classic how do you not know about the Three Ninjas (laughs) movies? hang on (sighs) just on TV like all the time there's
0: there's four films in this franchise apparently
2: yeah so this was just like classic bank holiday monday fair uh a, a four film series uh, about three young brothers trained by their japanese grandfather in the art of ninjitsu with victor wong be the only cast member to appear in all four films he's like the, the, he's like the miyagi of uh, of the three uh. three ninjas movies three ninjas in 1992 three ninjas knuckle up in 1993 three ninjas kick back in 1994 and of course the, the, the capper on the tetralogy Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain in 1998 uh,
0: Well this smells like a, either a freaky franchise episode or at least its own episode at some point
2: It smells like something um... They were three brothers <laughs> <laughs> learning the ways of the ninja but
0: what started
1: as a game suddenly turned real <laughs> Those
3: kids we should run. We should, hide. We should get their
1: butt. Now, three heroic kids are taking on one ruthless criminal.
3: Yes!
2: And they're determined to have the last laugh.
3: Enjoy the ride.
2: Three ninjas rated PG, parental guidance suggested. So there is actually um with Victor Wong quite a sad backstory um, here. So Wong's son was uh Leon Wong, who was the guitarist in the punk band Tales of Terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was later cited by Kurt Cobain as being a key inspiration for the emerging grunge scene, and they toured with bands like the Dead Kennedys and the Vandals and released their debut album in 1984. Uh, Leon Wong was killed in a late-night altercation, aged just 22 years old, uh, and the band split up. Uh, Victor Wong was reportedly asked to film the prologue scene that we watched earlier for Big Trouble in Little China shortly after his son's wake and suffered a stroke shortly afterwards. From presumably from, you know, the, the, the stress yeah. and the upset. Uh, he retired from acting in 1998 after suffering a second stroke, but he did find some success as an artist in later life. Uh, he died on September the 12th, 2001. Uh, having spent the day of September the 11th trying to get in touch with uh, his surviving sons who lived in New York, Wong finally got news that they were unharmed. Uh, he stayed up late uh, following the news and as his wife Rose went to bed he told her the world is never going to be the same <sighs> those were his last words and he died of a heart attack at some point the following morning aged 74 but Bloody hell. but <laughs> raise the mood uh. Uh, <laughs> his legacy lives on uh, Big Trouble in Little China co-star Dennis Dunn was so inspired by his experience working with Victor Wong that he named his daughter Victoria uh. That in nice. his
0: honour well let's do, nice. little, let's do a little I know it's uh, well it's, it's uh, 20 years since he passed away so let's do a little, um, little cheers to Victor Wong's. I loved him in Tremors and he, he he was great in this as well
2: yeah cheers Victor one of the most memorable elements of Big Trouble in Little China one of many is the three storms thunder rain and lightning Lopan's henchmen each with a power over an element
1: who's that Just get out of here, Jack. Get out of here. I think it was Lopan. Who?
0: temporary over here gotta love the 80s
2: I don't know what's going on what the <laughs> hell's going on here uh, <laughs> so the the three storms they were a bit like the gang on uh, on Captain Planet but without that loser one who has the power of, of, of heart because <laughs> there was always they had the... and the power of heart Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Ga- Gaia in Captain Planet, she gave yeah. these five teenagers uh, different rings with the powers of the elements. <laughs> yeah. So one had the power one had the power of Earth, one had the power of fire, one had the power of wind, one had the power of water, and then this last guy... Heart. Heart. <laughs> the, power, the power of heart. And apparently, according to the Captain Planet fan wiki, Gaia yeah. said that the heart ring was the most powerful. Yeah. Sure. Sure, sure it was. Sh- sure it was.
1: This calls for a team beam and fast. Let our powers combine. Earth, fire,
2: wind, water,
3: heart. By your powers combined, I am Captain.
2: Perhaps a more fitting comparison for the Three Storms, uh, and in fact a clear influence, uh, are the three assassins who appear in the Japanese Lone Wolf and Cub movies, which were edited into a compilation for English speaking audiences as 1980s Shogun Assassin.
3: Return to the vanished kingdoms of ancient times. wizards, and barbaric passions. Behold the saga of a legendary warrior, a loving father, who has the power of a dozen armies in one sweep of his mystic blade. This is a story of honor, disgrace, vengeance,
0: there was a, another example of uh, voice of a man not being able to say warrior warrior warrior, it's warrior.
2: A for you. warrior. yeah,
0: yeah it has got a whole uh, yeah horseman of the apocalypse vibe going on all these things
2: well yeah because famously the the three <laughs> horsemen of the apocalypse uh, <laughs> one was having <under> the rest <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah uh, war, famine, pestilence and apathy um <laughs> He was just kicking back Uh, So actor and stuntman Carter Wong He played Thunder, an elemental master With great strength who could expand his body Uh, Wong had a long career Working as a stuntman and fight choreographer On martial arts movies And worked as a martial arts instructor With the Hong Kong police So he was like legit a hard ass Um, Now you you mentioned earlier that What's the one thing you remember about Big Trouble in Little China The one thing that seared onto your consciousness Uh,
0: Big man, head blown up
2: (laughs) That's yeah. What I yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for years, for years, I like you. I, I watched this movie probably a little, a little too young, yeah. and I was, I was banned from watching one moment in Big Trouble in a Little China, really? which is, which is the de- the death of thunder, where he expands to such a size that he explodes. My mum wouldn't let me watch it. I think she she caught sight of it. She was like, "No, you're not allowed to watch it." So I was, I was convinced for years. <laughs> That it was going to be this like grotesque piece of horror cinema, the most yeah. outra- outrageously disgusting thing you've ever seen. I had conjured all sorts of terrifying images in my head. Probably did myself far more more trauma <laughs> than would actually have been inflicted if I'd watched the movie. Because if you watch it, it's actually it's actually just very very silly.
0: Yeah, well, that's the one bit I watched over and over again. <laughs> so yeah. sure. and it did me no harm.
2: <laughs> you turned out okay, I guess. <laughs> Do you want to watch it again? Yeah, let's watch it again.
1: I don't think he's gonna stop. Ah!
0: Well, we've all been there. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, well, that's actually like a, a fast forward of what's happened to my weight in lockdown. <laughs> just like <laughs> if you take if you take the past year and just um, yeah, yeah to turn twelve turn twelve months into twelve seconds. Uh, so Peter Kwong, he played Rain, uh, another of the Three Storms, uh, who was an elemental master and expert martial artist with a sword, who also appeared. Uh, along with Victor Wong and James Hong, he also appeared in The Golden Child, uh, playing the character of Tommy Tong. Uh, Kwong later admitted to the authors of the book the official making of Big Trouble in Little China that his scenes as Rain were so intense that he was under the impression that the film was uh, a sort of straight-shooting action-adventure. It wasn't until he filmed his last-act fight and noticed uh, Dennis Dunn's over-the-top eyebrow raise at a key moment during their battle that he realised the movie was actually supposed to be funny. Um... But I but I think it works. I think it works. Yeah. Uh, and finally, you had James Pax as Lightning, an elemental master who can shoot out bolts of lightning. Enough. Uh, this character is said to be the inspiration for Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah, Well, was also a straw hat-wearing wa- monk, uh, able to control lightning with his hands. And David Lopan was also apparently the inspiration for that game's evil sorcerer Shang Tsung who is played in the 1995 Mortal Kombat film by Kari Haruyuki Tagawa, who made his movie debut as an uncredited extra in Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> so don't say I don't do my research, all right? <laughs> there you go. That's a genuine... You won't find that fact on your IMDb trivia. That is... <laughs> Nothing debatable there. Ge- no, that is a Two Geeks, Two Beers original. So along with the great cast, the humour, the compelling fantasy elements, I would say a big part of the reason why Big Trouble in Little China is so beloved is because of the visual effects which perfectly fit the film's slightly cartoonish tone. Uh, from a Bigfoot-like monster that appears in the film, which is uh, credited as a sewer monster and referred to in the script as a wild man and is inspired by the yeren or man-monkey of Chinese folklore, uh, to the giant floating eyeball, which serves as a spy for Lo Pan, and was one of the more complex effects to achieve, powered by several puppeteers and dozens of cables to control its facial expressions. But all this use of puppetry costumes and models give the threats in the film a real tangible feel, whereas if you made it now, it would all be CGI. Yeah. Uh, The limited CGI in the film, though, does, does hold up pretty well. Uh, though John Carpenter was apparently not satisfied with it and accused the company in charge of the visual effects, Boss Film Studios, of taking on too many projects and not dedicating... Well, I mean, my notes say not deduciating, but I think I meant dedicating. Um, <laughs> but deduciating he, as well. Yeah. He, accu- <laughs> he accused them of not dedicating enough attention to the movie. Uh, though Boss Film Studios head Richard Edland argued that, in fact, the effects budget for the film was just under $2 million, which he described as barely adequate so despite that one reservation he had about the film uh, John Carpenter was feeling pretty good uh, with about Big Trouble in Little China and early test screening for the film was so overwhelmingly positive that it left both John Carpenter and Kurt Russell convinced that the film <laughs> would be a big hit
0: they're right you know this is two geeks so I'm expecting the usual in a minute well, when you well, come to well, Yeah, yeah well
2: hold your horses alright <laughs> so Big Trouble in Little China was a box office bomb oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it made just 11.1 uh, 1 million dollars on an estimated budget of between 19 and 25 oh, million that's not very good is it it's not at all uh, Kurt Russell uh, alleged that 20th Century Fox put little effort into pr- promoting the movie because they didn't know how to sell it And he said, this is a difficult picture to sell because it's hard to explain. It's a mixture of the real history of Chinatown in San Francisco, blended with Chinese legend and lore. It's bizarre stuff. (laughs) Uh, The film was also overshadowed at the box office by the release of James Cameron's Aliens, which came out shortly afterwards. Uh, But, and are you ready? I'm going to take a step back from the mic. All right. (sighs) Here's his well it received mixed <laughs> reviews <laughs> <laughs> that was some good R rolling that was that was great <laughs> yeah. uh, but des- despite bombing at the box office Tom and-, and receiving those mixed reviews it has gone on To uh, have have a have a cult following, I assume. It has gone on. It's gone on to have a cult following. I feel like when that happens, fireworks should go off. We should like let down some balloons. It takes. I can't believe it's taken us this long to do Big Trouble (laughs) in Little China because it takes every box. It takes every box. But like, but I
0: assume that Eddie Murphy film probably like whipped its ass at the box office, as you say. Yeah. And yet that has no legacy, whereas this, as you say, cult following. Everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have heard of it.
2: Well, I, I, I certainly hope so but, well Big China in Little China it won it won uh, the war if, if not the battle <coughs> at the box exactly. office Ebert, he wasn't a fan he said uh, the, the film was straight out of the era of Charlie Chan and Fu Manchu with no apologies and all of the usual stereotypes though John Carpenter had made specific rewrites to the film himself to eliminate material that he deemed offensive to Chinese Americans and Dennis Dunn said he was drawn to the film because of its portrayal of Asian characters he said I'm seeing Chinese actors getting to do stuff that American movies usually don't let them do I've never seen this type of role for an Asian in an American film and Harlan Ellison who was widely known in Hollywood for his brutally honest critiques also praised the film uh, writing that it had some of the funniest lines spoken by an actor this year to produce a cheerfully blathering live action cartoon that will give you release from the real pressures of your basically dreary lives Uh, (laughs) um But after the commercial and critical failure of the film, John Carpenter decided he'd had enough of Hollywood. Uh, He turned his back on Hollywood and produced his following films as independent features. He said, The experience of making Big Trouble in Little China was the reason I stopped making movies for the Hollywood studios. I won't work for them again. I think Big Trouble is a wonderful film and I'm very proud of it. But the reception it received and the reasons for that reception were too much for me to deal with. I'm too old for that sort of bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like Kurt Russell in Big Shot from Little Shop. <laughs> I don't, I nah. don't know why it bombed at the box office. I don't know what's going on. Someone tell me why it got bad reviews. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, the film's uh, cult following and success on home video—that's another another little staple—has um, seen talk of a remake or sequel in recent years. So, in June 2015, The Wrap reported that Dwayne Johnson was was developing a oh yeah.
0: a franchise saver but, dwayne
2: johnson well yeah but if, if jack burton is meant to be this like guy you know he's all he's all hot air and he's all talk <laughs> yeah. and he's and, and he's actually a bit of a goon i don't think dwayne johnson is the
0: right <laughs> is the right guy um no but, you need you need um if you're talking goon you need sean william
2: scott don't you he's the <laughs> he's the ultimate well i mean and and famously starred in the movie goon in goon um, yeah. <laughs> so so he's I mean, I guess he's perfect. Um, <laughs> Sean William Scott. He hasn't he been, a just, move, he hasn't been yeah, in a movie for yeah. about
0: a decade. Look, some, someone who is ripped but stupid, a.k.a. Sean William Scott. There you go. Done.
2: Oh, God, I'm so glad you're not in charge of, of casting in Hollywood. Uh, Look, you,
0: you liked him in Lethal
2: Weapon. The, t- the t- No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um... <laughs> imagine imagine if they were like we're bringing back big trouble a little china reviving the franchise but who have yes. you got to fill who have you got to fill kurt russell's boots who's at the wheel of the pork chop express sean william scott is his comeback brilliant
0: i'd watch it i'm well up for it yeah
2: yeah just you um uh, anyway dwayne johnson was apparently developing a remake Uh, Though Hiram Garcia Who is president of The Rocks Production Company Seven Bucks Productions Later clarified The idea is not to actually Remake Big Trouble in Little China You can't remake a classic like that I'd agree Uh, So what we're trying to do Is uh, continue the story We're going to continue the universe Of Big Trouble in Little China Uh, Everything that happened in the original Exists and is standalone And I think there's only one person Who could ever play Jack Burton And it's Sean William Scott No, he's referring to, to To Kurt Russell Um And he said, Dwayne would never try and play that character. So that follow-up is yet to materialise, but there has been a sequel of sorts uh, to the original film, uh, which has John Carpenter's approval and involvement. Uh, Since 2014, Boom Studios have released a series of Big Trouble in Little China comics, which pick up the story with an older Jack Burton and even have him meeting Snake Pliskin. Uh... Further speaking to the film's cultural impact, there have also been big trouble in Little China video games, board games, card games, and this, a 2012 parody of Gangnam Style entitled <laughs> Lopan Style. Oh, wow. David Lopan Style! Lopan Style! Really good.
0: (laughs) Look, I I scoffed when you said that as a thing, Um, and uh, that was great. And really enjoyed that. Very niche, but you know, yeah.
2: No, I must admit when I came across that, I was like, oh, this this will be tired. A Gangnam Style parody, low Pan style. No, it's great. Like real, you know, clearly made by big big fans of Big Trouble in Little China. What are you going to end the episode with now? When you had that up your up your sleeve? Oh. I know what I'm going to end it with, and I think any any real fan of Big Trouble in Little China will know exactly what I'm going to end it with. Um, But thank you for for queuing me up, because that is the end. Um, Thoughts? I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I I liked it as a kid. Um, Not enough for me to remember any of it, but... um... (laughs) from the bits I've seen this is this is one of it, you know when we teach each other things that we haven't seen mm. we always do the question at the end of like so thoughts do we want to go and see it and we might say yeah I'll go and see it never have any intention of actually going to watch it whereas this is the first time maybe not the first time but one of the first times where you've taught me something and I've gone right I'm, I can't wait to watch it I'm going to I'm going to download it or find it on Netflix wherever it is and yeah watch it as soon as I can because it's just from what I remember and all the clips you've shown me it's a lot of fun and Kurt Russell's on top form, great performances, and uh, just just it's like eighties silliness, but but still keeping a bit of seriousness in there as well, enough for it to just hold up. And yeah, I think um, it's underrated.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I'm slightly shaken by the reveal that you've been lying to me every uh, in 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 all in all like like we've done about eighty odd episodes, and no, I've, I've been I've been totally lying to your face every single time. Prior, prior to this, how can I? Yeah, how can I... yeah, I'll
0: totally go and watch Ulysses 31 as soon as we finish this episode. Yeah,
2: yeah, totally. No one even listened to that episode, let alone watched Ulysses 31. <laughs> but oh, how how can I trust that you're telling the truth now? But no, this this felt I. I, you know I wanted to do this episode obviously I'm a big fan of the film but watching it back and watching clips and pre- preparing for this episode I sort of remembered how good it is I'm like do you know what this is actually probably one of my favourite films of all time why don't I <laughs> yeah. I should uh, yeah I should go go and watch it right now you should go watch it right now everyone go watch Big Trouble in Little China there's a lot there's a lot of things you could be doing worse with your time it's only 99 minutes long and that is some crackerjack timing uh, <laughs> now now You know how exciting it is when you discover something amazing that no one's heard of and then when it eventually does become huge you know you, can get, you get to be smug you get bragging rights right well the good news is this podcast has been running for over five years and it still hasn't taken off so you can still get in on the ground floor uh, you, you can you can find all of our previous episodes at our snazzy website which is 2geeks2beers.com or on our YouTube channel just search 2geeks2beers Two Two to find us and subscribe for all the latest uploads uh, we're also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, Spotify Stitcher Podbean Global Player and all other good podcast outlets
0: Um, and yes please do follow us on all the social channels as well we're at 2geekscast on uh, Facebook Twitter and Instagram and you will have uh, a few extra goodies on there little bonus clips little bits of animations we've got going um, and just just, updates from, from our little world
2: yeah and we're also on Patreon where you can sponsor the podcast helping to cover the costs of recording and equipment and promotion all that kind of stuff all your money goes directly back into making and promoting the show and you'll get special bonus material, uh, exclusive Patreon-only episodes, outtakes, and depending on how much you donate, even a mini episode or full-length episode that's exclusive to you. You can even get Two Geeks merch. You get a t-shirt, <laughs> you get a mug, and you get a you can get a beer mat, right, Tom, with our, yeah, with our yeah, faces yeah. on it? Yeah. Yeah. So be like old Jack and get that check in the mail. Uh, you can also get in touch at podcast at 2 com and send us thoughts, feedback, and suggestions for future episodes. We love to hear from our fellow geeks. Now, to play us out, the music for Big Trouble in Little China, as with most of his films, was composed by John Carpenter himself, alongside Alan Howarth, who also worked on Escape from New York, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Christine, uh, Prince of Darkness, and They Live. The film's title song, Big Chubbin and Little China, is performed by band, and I believe I'm saying this right, the Coup de Ville, consisting of John Carpenter, Nick Castle, who played Michael Myers in Halloween, oh, co-wrote right. a co-wrote Escape from New York, and later directed The Last Starfighter in 1984, Amazing. Nick Castle, what a legend, and uh, the third member of the trio, Tommy Lee Wallace, who directed Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, underrated, and the 1990 miniseries It with Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. so what what a super group this is. <laughs> um, although although someone on YouTube I saw it, described them as, this is like a band of three Randy Marshes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so and that's a bad thing <laughs> not at all so on that note here is uh the classic theme song to big trouble in little china so until next time sit tight hold the fort and keep the home fires burning and if we're not back by dawn call the president
1: <laughs> you can feel the wind is rising beaming how the truth is
2: and Dennis Dunn said he was drawn to the film because of its portrayal of asian characters he said <clears throat> he what he burped <laughs> yeah he said he said this is what i think of this and then he just burped <laughs> i was about to make right i was about to make a really like uh sort of pertinent point about yeah. about representation yeah. and the representation of asian uh, characters he and just actors burped
0: all over it <laughs>
2: In Hollywood cinema, but I couldn't hold back the burp. I apologise. So, Listener, I'm
0: keeping that one in because that was funny. But normally um, I have to edit out a good four or five burps per episode. When we do these. Each though, each. <laughs>
2: um, if you're not burping enough, you're not drinking enough.
0: Actually, famously, I can't burp. I only burp like twice a year by accident. Whereas... Um, we- yeah, you don't you, you? I can't burp. No, just never, never been able to. Every now and then, I'll do an accidental burp out of nowhere, and I'm really excited because I just, I just can't well, do it.
2: Well, no, but no one's trying to burp like on demand. No, are no they? but you, you could. I reckon if
0: you tried, you could. You know, on, a, on average, on average, you probably do about nine or ten burps a week. I would have thought, at least, surely.
2: Hmm. I
0: maybe maybe a day, I, I, maybe maybe a day for you. I don't know. But for, honestly, I we're we're talking maybe yeah five times a year. I might burp. Like it's really
2: weird. Keep... Yeah. What's really weird is that you're keeping track. Um... <laughs> no, I, I can though. It's really exciting when it happens. Yeah, it's <laughs> really. Yeah. Right now, right now, anything's a highlight. Anything a bit different. Yeah.
0: Ooh, so if it happens ooh. on, if it happens on the show, definitely keeping it in because that's a rarity, and you're in luck. So uh, yeah. The fart <gasps> for England though. Anyway, carry on.